I know that it's a it's a hell of a show. I, I know that Nikki Klubian is like, wait, I don't actually like Steely Dan, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, okay, you know, with all the memes and everything, I just wanted to make sure that was clear before I came on. I'm not looking to uh, rain on anybody's parade, of course. <laughs> Well, no, of course. you know what? This is just part of the show now, I've decided. Welcome, everyone, to the limited <laughs> event prestige podcast, picking up something good, colon, Steely Dan Sember, part two. Colon, Origins. Yeah, Origins, part two, <laughs> The Reckoning. Uh, colon, Revengeance. You've, you've just met Mace, who is introducing himself to our special guest, CEO, President... Uh, benevolent ruler of Doom Trip Records, Zach Emerson. Welcome. Hello, thank you. Uh, I'm Nikki Flowers, by the way, but you knew that um, because I didn't. Yeah, well, now you know. You ever seen Fifty First Dates? I have that that thing. You have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, my name is Mace. I play music as Echo Vessel. You probably, I don't know if I cut the part before or not, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and uh, you have uh, you're a hypochondriac, but only for for things that Adam Sandler has has been afflicted uh, upon him in movies. <laughs> yeah, a couple months ago, a couple months ago, you thought you had the click remote, and I had to be like, no, you just don't. <laughs> I have quote unquote uncut gems disease. Uh, I'll get back to you on what that means. Oh no! <laughs> as far as I'm concerned with that movie, I mean, as far as I could tell, uh, that's terminal. <laughs> I'm so sorry, uh, Zach. You mentioned memes. In the part that, that Mace didn't cut out, because it's crucial now to the flow of the conversation, you got me into Steely Dan, which is why I have you on here. Why don't, why don't you tell me, tell the, tell the audience you're, why you're at fault for me being into this band. Well, I would actually have to turn that around real quick, okay. and I, I need to know the story of, I mean, do you have a specific post in mind that you remember, <laughs> like, piquing your interest? How the hell did that happen? Yeah, no, I know, that is a fair question, okay? You know, this isn't gotcha journalism, I'll prove I'll prove my, my good faith by answering <laughs> your question. It's not gaucho journalism? It's not, it's not gaucho journalism. <laughs> oh my god. Fuck off with that, you might as... Uh, you've you've yeah. coined a horrible new phrase <laughs> here today. <laughs> Oh fuck. Okay. Well, uh, I, I, so I, I was trying to find your. You post a lot of memes, Zach. Me, I, to, I haven't noticed. Yeah, I hate to be. I, it's, it's, it's like weird to like call out someone's good meme posting skills without sounding like Elon fucking Musk now. But I <laughs> mean, you do good memes. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank so you. So I was trying to find you know through your vast library. Um, it had to have been Asia, because I remember that was the first album I checked out. So it must have been something about Asia and Gaucho, which seemed to be the two the two albums that you memed the most. Those are memeable. I mean, are we talking, is this six months ago, a few years ago? Oh, man. I mean, I want to say within the year. Okay. So I feel recent. like you've right. posted Steely Dan memes within the last year. I feel like I'm grilling you like this is a like this is an interrogation. When was the last time you I posted say... a Steely Dan meme? I, I probably am able to get one out there um, at least once a month, if not more often. Oh, so meeting deliverables, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a quota I need to, to meet each month, and usually it's one. <laughs> yeah, listen, I mean, running a record label, it's tough work. Yeah. It, it is more work than I would have ever expected before getting into it, I will say that, but, you know... 
one of the first things they tell you when you're trying to start one is you need to be able to produce and post Steely Dan memes. It's just, it's a requirement of anyone who run, runs one. Um, you're not going to get very far in that business without doing so. Yeah. So, okay. So that's why we haven't. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't just, yeah, there was a point. This is, this is also a music industry podcast. There are, <laughs> there are executives listening, trying, you know, trying to so, get the so next talk hoop. to me. Uh, this is honestly fascinating to me. So you're saying you you saw me, you saw a post, you either <laughs> saw people reacting to it or you laughed or something, and yeah. then you said, well, I got to hear this band. Yeah, well, so, I mean, it's not like I never heard of them before of just, like, Steely Dan. Right. Is that this meme band that that, uh, that Zach invented? Um, but, I mean, it was <laughs> it was definitely the final straw. Um, okay. I, it must have been a culmin- I don't know if I could point to one post. It must have been a culmination okay. that you're, you're one a month daily, you know, the metrics you have to meet. You know, I've worked a sales yeah. job. I know what it's like. Uh, <laughs> you you know, got numbers. Um, I, I kind of wanted to back up real quick here. So you're relatively new to them. So I'm sure their discography is still kind of like fresh to you. Yeah. Now, Maze, where are you in, in terms of like how long have you enjoyed them? I am wading through this with Nikki. Uh, I used to confuse Steely Dan for REO Speedwagon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure their fans would love to hear that. Oh, yeah. No, I think we we did mention the first episode of this of, like, longtime fans are not going to be... I don't think we're going to be... <laughs> I don't know that. We're, I don't know what they would get out of this, but, but we have fun. Uh, okay, okay. So this is a little bit more geared toward people getting into them uh, recently. Yeah, yes. you know, similar to okay. our, our first uh, arc where uh, I, I hadn't listened to Radiohead before. I'm getting into all the big bands that people talk about lately. Um, well, yeah, I mean, those are the big two, Radiohead and Steely Dan. <laughs> right. Those are, yeah, those are the only two bands. <laughs> yeah. That's what they mean by the Fab Four. <laughs> Which well, way, Western like man? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> One thing I do want to say, and I want to make sure to get on the record for anyone who hears this is that I am not a hater when it comes to music uh, or anything, but um, with Steely Dan, there is something else happening. There is a phenomenon that is baffling to me. Yeah. Um, I would say 99.9% of the time in life, anyone could tell me they like any band or artist and I'm going to say, okay, you know, what, what do I care? Everyone likes different things. That's just the way it is. And that's yeah. great. Um, with Steely Dan, there's kind of this combination of things happening and, you know, Nikki told me to, um, do some homework and <laughs> listen to, you know, Pretzel Logic and Katie lied last yeah. night. I'm so glad um, those are the two. Sorry to interrupt, but I'm so glad these are the two. I, I we didn't plan for this to be the episode you came by, but I was like, you gotta, you gotta have, you gotta be have you on at some point. These, this two albums, I'm very interested to hear your takes on these. Yeah, so you did your homework. I'm well, glad. well, we'll get into it. But what I wanted to just make sure everyone knows yeah. is that um, I'm not like the type of person to just like trash talk bands for fun all the time. Like obviously with memes and stuff, it's all in good fun. But like with Steely there's a combination of things happening. Like not only do people whose music tastes closely align with mine, get super into them, but it's often people who are into heavily experimental and avant-garde music. (laughs) And that combined with the fact that when I hear them, uh, my complete natural uh, reaction to hearing their music is to laugh. 
I'm not even <laughs> like trying to be funny. No, I know. I, I, was... I hear the sincerity in your voice, and I appreciate the honesty. Yeah. So, you know, like a lot of people, when I was, you know, a kid or whatever, I probably heard like reeling in the ears on the radio yeah. or I, um, do I it actually, again. And I th- so I actually did hear from someone of like, someone did tell me that they were surprised that I liked reeling in the ears so much because to them, it's just classic rock station can't play anything else to them. You know what's so funny? We'll we'll get back to that in a second. But yeah. I actually, out of all of their music, I do think that that is a pretty decent song, which is another yeah. thing I will admit. But um, I, what I was leading to with like the fact that I had heard them when I was younger is that I had this specific experience. Um, it was a little bit after college. I was driving around with a friend, mm. and he puts this music on, and within literally seconds, I'm just laughing because <laughs> I just hear these like bright horns and like just this hard piano that was just like very piano. speakers and i just started laughing and i turned to him and like i wasn't even trying to be mean but i was like what the hell am i hearing right now what is this and he's like steely dan live cd man and, oh it's um, live okay well, that's, i yeah. i asked i was like you you like this like you're enjoying what you're hearing right now and so what I really want to emphasize is that I can hear all sorts of music that even though I don't like it specifically, it makes sense to me yeah. why other people like it. So Neil Young is like one that I, I always go to. I don't like Neil Young. I don't own any Neil Young. But it makes sense to me when I hear Neil Young that people could get so interested in his music and so obsessed. I actually would have to Whoever agree else. with you on Neil, Young, on Neil Young, too. Nothing oh, there, against him. There you go. Yeah, yeah. No, to- nothing against him. I think he's a fabulous yeah. songwriter. Just no- nothing's ever clicked for me there. I just said Pono-ass motherfucker. Yeah. The Killers, too. Killers is a great example. It's like, I don't like them. I don't own their stuff. But when I hear it, I go, okay, I get why people are into it. Yeah, like yeah. it, it makes down. sense on like a uh, like on a surface level. You're just like, yeah, of course. Yeah, but with Steely, I I can't do that. And I keep going back to their material. People say, you just haven't heard the right music by them or something, which, well, that's just... as a side note, has heavy energy of you just haven't smoked the right train. <laughs> yeah, that's, you, you smoked <laughs> but... Indica, bro. You need to listen to Asia <laughs> instead. And so um, I think that the only reason I'd even want to come on and like talk about it is that I do find it genuinely baffling. I you mean, want to I figure it people, out. Like I said. Yeah, like people who are into heavily experimental music defending what sounds to me like the cheesiest music I've ever heard in my life. So I just wanted to make sure that that was known going into it. Yeah. I'm not looking to hate. I'm not looking to I jokingly called you a hater. But like, you know, <laughs> okay. and I will say, here's, I'm, I'm doing, I'll do a little ad for you here while I'm starting, yeah. Doom Trip Records, good record label, varied, varied uh, set of albums Absolutely that you have. Absolutely wonderful Thank label. You, yeah. <laughs> And so, like, it's definitely so. You you have you, you know you have you've uh, you have a track record to back up your claim of you, you can listen to a ton of music and be like, yeah, I understand that. So to, to not understand Steely Dan, which like I showed my girlfriend, if we're if we're, list, if we're showing if we're talking about outsiders' opinions of Steely Dan, real quick, <laughs> I sh- I showed everyone's gone to the movies, which is a song we'll definitely have to talk about later. Uh, to my girlfriend because I wanted to see her reaction to it and I showed her a second song off of Katie Light and she said they're kind of like they're kind of like a kids band and I said what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like I didn't understand what she meant. I wasn't offended. I was just like what? She goes not in the you know lyrical sense but 
Well, sometimes, you know, they, all this, these songs seem to be always about something. <laughs> there seems to be always like a protagonist, very clear, and there's, there's a moral, and, and the, the instrumentals, you know, you just, you expect it to hear, uh, you expect it to, it seems like it would be next, on the shelf next to a Peter and the Wolf album. <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay. Oh my god. <laughs> and again, she didn't mean this in an insulting way, although I think she also did. Right. But yeah, I... This is a band that gets a lot of really interesting responses. Mace, have you shown, what, what, what are some outsiders' opinions? Because now you're on the inside looking out. Yeah, I'm on the inside looking out. I'm in the Steely Dan inner circle. I know both Steely and Dan. I have not shown anybody Steely Dan because I'm afraid that they're going to laugh at me if I... <laughs> well, and now Zach has proven that that is a distinct possibility. <laughs> exactly. I'm just like, I think the, the 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 response I had to Steely Dan, like, diving in for the first time last week was like, hey, well, I, okay, like I mentioned, I listen to Asia, but yeah. diving in last week, it was like, hey, nobody told me this was Steely Dan. Yeah, the first uh, two feel... albums are very like, this isn't show at all what the fuck i i feel like somebody should have told me like i should have learned this in school that this was steely dan um but someone, i didn't someone should have told <laughs> what happened to no child left behind <laughs> um but yeah i i've never shown anybody else steely dan but everybody seems to like steely dan right. and you know um it's true that zach you know as a listener of completely um just like inaccessible music all the time it's weird that I'm into Steely Dan, right? That's just like, it's the fucking bizarre. <laughs> I think there is a clear path from like weird experimental stuff to um, experimental jazz to smooth jazz fusion to rock jazz fusion to Steely Dan. Yeah, Naked City and um, Reeling in the Years are the same thing. <laughs> It's it's on a spectrum. I, I, I know. It, like, it does seem strange at first where you, you look at people who, like, you know, you listen to 100 Gex and you're sitting here tapping your toes to fucking Ricky Don't Lose That Number. What? How does that fit in? And, uh, well, I don't think 100 Gex fan. That might be a bad example. Yeah. Actually, do, Zach, uh, are, do you like 100 Gex? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, hmm. So it's a sample size of one. It seems like 100 Gex fans don't like Steely Dan. <laughs> we'll have to do more research but uh speaking of ricky don't lose that number uh do you guys want to talk about pretzel logic yeah let's talk about pretzel logic <laughs> sweet let's talk about pretzel logic so ricky don't lose that number countdown to ecstasy the second album we talked about last week uh didn't really it, it was a little too weird for I know, modern I'm pissed pop about america that. yeah i'm pissed uh, that was, that's a good album it ruled and um Ricky Don't Lose That Number is their, you know, it's their big hit. Came back. It's like, ah, Steely Dan still got it. Um, and I don't know. I don't uh, the thing about Ricky Don't Lose That Number is I feel like this whole album is a lot of um, just fucking inside jokes. Uh, <laughs> this is an album, you know, start to finish of things that I had to be at Bard College in the 70s to understand. And... Or it just, you know, out... a real music guy, you know, they, they seem to be, it's, there's a lot of like, just like, this is, this is, there's a lot of uh, stuff ab about music and musicians that it's just like, yeah. okay, Steely Dan, you're so, so cool about the things you do. I had to either go to Bard College in the 70s or be Robert Kreisgau, and I'm like, not trying to do either. Um, <laughs> Was but... Kreisgau a fan? Yeah, I actually, apparently. I actually have a quote that I, I pulled up ahead of time. That I got annoyed by uh, with him. I was reading about it. Ah, fuck. I, j I have it. 
he said something about um, Pretzel Logic that annoyed me. He did he did like it. It was a positive review, but he said it in like a backhanded way. As he does. Yeah, what? He, Christgau? No. Never. I know. Can you believe that? Backhanded compliment from Christgau. He said he found the record innovative, writing in Cream, quote, the music can be called jazzy without implying an insult. Okay, what does that even mean? And Donald what Fag- does that, mean? that sounds like you're making it an insult by saying that, man. And Donald Fagan and Walter Becker are the wor- real world's answer to Robert Hunter and Jerry Garcia. What does that mean? What are you doing? <laughs> this is pot shots at Grateful Dead out of nowhere? What is that? Literally just words. Just Literally like, meaningless words. The real world's answer to Jerry Garcia is Steely Dan. <laughs> how, does how, that, did, how did he so, have a job for that long doing what he did? Ugh. Jerry Garcia exists in the uh, fake shadow world, apparently. <laughs> With Pretzel Logic, it's it was their last studio album right before they kind of took a hiatus, and you know, thank God for that. Um, <laughs> so, no, this was their but, yeah, this is their last studio album with their uh, their founding band, and it just okay. became Steely and Dan. Again, for the record, out of all of their music, I find Ricky Don't Lose That Number to be much more tolerable than the entire rest of this record for sure. Okay, so this is a highlight for you. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, thank God that they go ahead and open the album with it. I feel like that was their way of saying, listen Zach. to this. If you don't make it through anything else. Yeah, like, Zach, listen, we're not going to waste your time. <laughs> Get right to, you know, yeah. we know you're here for the hit. Uh, we don't blame you. I, I totally understand why it's a hit, too. Like, it was very, it's more straightforward pop than, than anything off the second album. Um, very smooth and easy to listen to. Not, I mean, yeah, I can't deny that it's catchy, but uh, it did grab me uh, as much as something else on this album. Yeah, and I just remembered, too, that isn't um, Do It Again the opening track from Can't Buy a Thrill? Yes. Yeah, yes. God. Yeah, so so the once again, it. they're just like, here, just take take this if you don't, you know, have time. Here's this one first. <laughs> right. Um, here's, here's they know how to open. Yeah, they know how to open an album with just like, a, all right. Too long, didn't read. This is what we're doing this time. And if you're like, okay, cool. Thanks, Steely Dan. See you in like seven exactly. months. Exactly. And I do think, Ricky, you know, it is an interesting opening track in the context of their career, um, especially since it was the big hit from the album, if I understand correctly. Right? Oh, yeah. It's their biggest hit, like, by far, I think. Oh, ever? Okay. Yeah, okay. I think, uh, let me, eh, I have the internet. We could. Nah, I don't feel like learning. Nah. <laughs> I'm surprised that reeling in the years, like, I guess maybe it's just growing up in California and, like, all the classic rock radio stations playing it all the time that gave me the false sense of that being the bigger hit. I also thought that was the case. I looked it up, so Ricky hmm. Don't Lose That Number peaked at number four in the summer of 74, which is, that does make it their most successful single, and reeling in the years is, like, a really close second. Huh. Oh, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Um, Ooh, no number one for Steely in their career. No Aww. number one. They got all Aww. the way up to four. Shucks. <laughs> yeah. So you can't even call. There's no one hit wonder there. Uh, that this song sounds like that one Yola Tango song. Uh, and that's like my first, like the first thing I noticed. Um, the song from uh, uh, I'm not afraid of you, and I will beat your ass. It sounds like Mr. Tough. Oh. This is that's, 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 that's yeah. I think I remember. That's yeah. for the Tango heads only. But <laughs> yeah, Tango heads only. Uh, but yeah, uh, I found out that Ricky's a Bard College person. Oh, of course, uh, they keep writing. Oh, they, when are they going to run out of guys 
Guys and gals, they, they met at Bard in the 60s. Come on. Bad fucking news, they don't for the rest of the album. They oh, don't no. run out. This is their third album they haven't run out. Oh, this is incredible. Um, apparently, Ricky was a, a teacher's wife that Steely was trying to get it in on. Of course. So, yeah. So, oh, apparently, she heard her name uh, and Fagan's voice, and she was like, oh, oh that's me. I could have gotten it in. Um, but no. <laughs> Wow, that's was that an impression yeah. of her? That was like she was right there. Yeah, that was that was exactly her. It's, it's as, as if she had called in. <laughs> Incredible. Well, so Ricky is is good. Yeah, so, that's good. Not gonna die. Uh, night by night. Um, those East Coast boys with the West Coast sound. They, they got that West Coast sound. They sometimes <laughs> like to go back to the East Coast a little bit. Yeah. It's a funky. This is like a. They're very cinematic. Sometimes I think that's what my girlfriend meant partially. Like this is for like this could be kids music because. They, it's, um, it's like, especially the, the brass, the brass section on this album, especially is just like, bam, right in your face. And it's, it's right. setting a very specific mood and placing you in like in a very specific setting, which is a That's Steely Dan cool. concert, yeah. which is a Steely Dan concert. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think this song is fine. Yeah, it's okay. It's, it's not the, I really don't have much to say about it because it's just, after the high of Ricky Don't Lose That Number, yeah. it's just kind of like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, this is, this is... It's a palate Rick- cleanser and that is simply it. Zach, do you have anything about Night by Night or else we can move on? <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, I really... Another another way of putting it is that, like, I with a lot of their music, I don't necessarily have a lot to say track by track. <laughs> Rather, the big picture I can talk about with them more, like, for example... Um, the next i assume we're moving on to the next track oh major yeah. dude yeah yeah so again slightly more tolerable but this track particularly i think is a really good example because it's another one that like early on people were telling me to check out as <laughs> like you know trust trust me they have like non-radio hits or whatever that you get into yeah and i remember hearing it and a, a good way of putting it again for them overall not just this song or just this album is that for a band that people will so violently defend and come out of the woodwork for and so seriously replies about so intensely um, that the music is ultimately <laughs> so underwhelming so bland to me very often you know it doesn't mean it isn't performed well no no it yeah, mean yeah. That, that they aren't good at their instruments but I would argue, and especially this album I was listening through last night, and it really peaked with, we'll get into it in a minute, but it's fucking St. Louis Toodaloo, which that is, is a, track, so good. a track title that's hard for me to even say because it's so cringe. <laughs> it's so um, goofy. We'll get into it. I mean, what, it, there's a nice story behind it, but I do understand what you Right, mean. but what you, what you find with these is the music is rarely, if ever adventurous or courageous or you know going outside of any bounds it all stays very very firmly in my opinion within a pretty small zone of like easy to listen to sounds nothing is challenging nothing is jarring or surprising ever Mm. and i think with any major dude which again i can specifically remember like someone telling me to type that which you know, like that was that like a was, seek this one out kind of track to them. Yeah, and I, I just it, you could, I go okay, you know, again, Don't know not that the worst thing I've yeah. ever heard in my life. But the idea that people are so defending this uh, in the greater context of the musical universe 
again, baffling is the word. For me. It's weird. It's weird. Well, so I would agree that the the everyone feels very strongly about everything, and everyone should calm the fuck down, including and up to <laughs> about Steely Dan. So I would agree there. I also would agree to send this on to other people because I like it. Um, I yeah. think it's very. Ah, I'm just trying to trying to put my finger on like what it is that because I'm trying to help you understand the other side, right? Um, yeah, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> like, it's so fucking earnest, and I think uh, uh, <laughs> like the first verse. I never seen you looking so bad, my funky one. You tell me that your super fine mind has come undone. Is so, like, I mean, yeah, this is 1974, man. That's a new pet name, my well, funky one. Yeah. But wait, wait, wait a second. Back up, though. You say they're earnest, but I thought their whole thing was that a lot of their lyrics were inside jokes. No, a lot of it is very cynical, but this one felt more earnest than the other ones. Okay. Uh, I sort of just meant by, by this one. I think there's probably a little bit. I don't think they're. I don't think they're going around saying, "Whoa, your super fine mind has come undone, my major dude." I don't think they're. I think they're putting. They I think it's a little tongue in cheek, but I think it's less <laughs> cynical than some of their other songs. Okay, okay, that's fair. Like that's the other thing is I think there, there's a lot of like uh, like uh, like this song. It's very nice and sweet, and very uh, on. Like you said, it's it's doesn't really. It's not pushing any envelope. I think it's produced exactly. very well. Yeah. Like I say, I would yeah. say that they were focusing these for two albums as a big, as super big picture. The two albums we're talking about today, I think they focused a little bit harder on production than songwriting. Well, isn't that sometimes. their whole thing? Because I've always heard that that's like a big appeal for a lot of people. Is, oh yeah, I, I remember early on people be like, um, "Well, when they're testing sound systems, you know, people will often use Asia because it's like the pinnacle of." recorded sound yeah and, like and some really? sound and some audiophiles insist on gold-plated 3.5 millimeter cables for their yeah. headphones like <laughs> <laughs> like it's produced well but like that's not like you know, it's not it's not like test i mean maybe i don't know it just yeah seems a little bit like okay you're overstating it a little bit <laughs> i think that, I, have, yeah. I have heard that before though the phrase any major dude is such a fucking steely dan phrase I feel it like really is. Oh God, that yeah. encapsulates, I think I, I hear any major dude and I think like, I think the big Lebowski, to be honest. Oh, and they, sure. He yeah. loves Steely Dan. Isn't, isn't he specifically looking for Steely Dan tapes when his car is stolen? I believe so. No, CCR. Oh no, oh. You're, no, you're right. CCR. But that's, that's I a feel... good band to confuse Steely Dan with Mace. You should try that oh. scenario. <laughs> Speedwagon. Oh yeah. I let like me actually CCR. do that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I am going to go ahead and kind of state that Steely Dan as a genre, like I have trouble, had trouble placing it, um, explaining Steely Dan to everybody that I meet and see over the past week. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that the genre Steely Dan resides in is major dude music. Yeah. Major dude music. (laughs) Accurate. Accurate. I like this song. It is, I have been humming it. It's been stuck. It's one of the ones that gets stuck in my head. Uh, it is very, it's very simple and like sweet and like almost naive in a way, but that I like, but, uh, next up is Berrytown. I don't know what the song's about. (laughs) What? I don't know what the song's about. I think it's, don't know. it's, I think, I think it might be another fucking barred piece of shit (laughs) reference. I think it might be, it's either drugs or some guy's big dick. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Berrytown. Really? (laughs) 
Yeah, like I, well, I can see what you, from what you carry. That's like, are you packing? Are you, are you holding? Yeah. Are you holding? <laughs> are you firing? Are you like, is this like, can I see your meat? What? Says Steely. Is this is is this a can I see your meat kind of song, Mace? Really? I don't know. Maybe. I don't think so. <laughs> Zach, what do you think about Barry? <laughs> I know you don't go track uh, by track, but. <laughs> anyway. Well, no. I mean, it, it, that's the thing. Is like, yes, every now and then there might be a track where I have something you know specific to say about it. But again, kind of part of what is so baffling to me is that none of the their individual songs tend to have uh, a major impact on me. Like, mm. Berrytown, just like any major dude, I'll hear it, and again, it's not, like, the most offensive or unpleasant music I've ever heard. It's not like it's harsh or anything. It's no, quite the opposite yeah. of harsh. It's in, quite in smooth. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I would just... It, it, so Doobie Brothers are a good example. They're another band that are like within Steely Dan's orbit, and I think there was even some crossover, like Michael McDonald doing vocals and stuff like Skunk. that. Um, yeah. But with with Doobie, when I hear them, I go, okay, you know, again, it's like Neil Young. It makes sense to me. It's catchy and it's bright and it's fun. But there's but something like about the Doobie... Steely Dan that is just like it's that Doobie Brothers have it, and Steely Dan doesn't. So it yeah, can, it well, can't yeah, be it Jeff just, Skunk Baxter then. Sense. Yeah, because, you know, the, the doobies, they're very smooth. It's similar in the sort of like, you know, the, their music doesn't sound exactly the same, but there right. are similarities. Or even, I mean, some Steely Dan's fans. Yeah. yeah, some fans will hate this, but like, I think there's even like some Billy Joel stuff that's vaguely whoa, adjacent to whoa, Steely okay. Dan. Um, okay, and, and, stop the recording. What the fuck? <laughs> And the thing is, the thing is, it, it like, again, I hear it and it makes sense. So with, you know, Berrytown, you know, I listened to it last night and my mind was pretty much blank. I'm like, <laughs> I just, it's, it sounds, it's right it might be performed yeah. well, it might be recorded well, but there's nothing uh, about it that um, breaks the mold. There's like a yeah. little, there's just a little je ne sais quoi that's just missing for you. I get that. I like the verses. Um, I think, uh, it's kind of a simple song and the bridge fucking sucks. I don't know how else to say it. Uh, it kind of ruins the song for me. <laughs> so. <laughs> See, I love Steely Dan fans. I love the song. The bridge sucks. It's dog shit. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> but the verses were nice. <laughs> so I don't skip it, but I'm like the bridge. I'm like, all right, well, at least this is only like a couple bars. East St. Louis toodaloo is okay, the next track. I do have something for this one. I do have something. I'm glad. For this one. I'm all glad. Right. What do you got? Lay it I, on us. I thought of, there's a, a, first of all, this this is such a boring track to me. It's so cheesy to me. Um, just a big slice of cheddar cheese. But um, I was thinking about it. I don't know. There's probably a name for it. But you know that face, like the dad rock face, where you, someone like puckers up their lips yes, and brings yeah, the them closer face. to their nose. And yeah, squints their eyes kind of like, ooh, yeah. yeah. Like, no, I had, a, I, <laughs> I had a guitar playing friend in high school where I would just, I asked him one point, I was like, point Blake, like, why do you scrunch up your face like that? <laughs> and he just like, it was just like, I don't know, I'm just, just get into it. And I'm like, shut up, that's not an answer. Like Eric Clapton's guitar face. Yes. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that's this whole band for me, but especially <laughs> this song, because when I hear this song, I go, okay. There's nothing, you know, we, like we said earlier, they're not pushing the envelope. They're not breaking the mold. This is just <laughs> dads in a room wearing shirts they're and just playing shirts. guitars and well, just 
just scrunching up their faces, like, listen to us. It, it's um, it's masturbation. I'm sorry. This track, when I heard it last night, I was thinking <laughs> this is pure, audible masturbation. I had a one sentence written about this song in my notes. Let's hear it. Uh, and I wrote it uh, this morning. I uh, had a bout of vertigo, and I was listening to East St. Louis Toodaloo. <laughs> Uh, and the whole sentence that I wrote was, East St. Louis Toodaloo is a made-up song, period. That's not real, period. <laughs> Show tunes ass song. <laughs> okay, so you all had your... your... I'm with Zach on this one. <laughs> Y'all had your chuckles then, huh? Y'all, y'all got the knives out, huh? And You said there's a story in this one, right? <laughs> yeah, there is. This is a composition written by Duke Ellington in 1926. This was, and also his his uh, his assistant, his music, musician, Bubber Miley. It was recorded several times by Duke Ellington, one of the most famous and revered jazz musicians of all time. Uh, various labels from 1926 to 1930. It was a hit in both 26 and 27. It was a main of examples of one of his early uh, jungle music. He sort of had his own, like, style of jazz. And, uh, yeah, Steely Dan uh, just... Obliterated it. Yeah, yeah. Completely just... I, uh, they... (laughs) Wow. So disrespectful to East St. Louis Toodaloo. Uh, I... I don't don't want to be mean about it, because I respect Duke Ellington and his contributions to the... But this isn't Duke Ellington we're talking about, though. We're we're talking about the Dan. No, I know. Yeah, we're talking about Steely Dan. Dan. No, Steely Dan's version is very, like, guys, did we have to put this on the album? (laughs) Like, I don't... it's like one of those early beast. Uh, I was gonna say Beastie Boys, no, uh, no. Beach Boys albums, uh, where they put like a weird instrumental track on there, and you're not sure if it's good or not. But a lot of people point mm. to it, like you know, this is the first time Brian Wilson ever got wow. crazy. Yeah, they really branched out here, <laughs> and it's like, did they? Like, no, I, I like is this probably fucking slapped in 1926, but this came out in 1974. It doesn't really <laughs> fit with the rest of the songs. You Dan. listen to it on the cylinder and you do the sock hop. Right. I think. I, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. Everything was a foxtrot back then. Oh, okay. Yeah. To be clear, I've heard a lot of uh, Duke Ellington recordings, and they're all fantastic. I did not know that Steely decided to obliterate one of his compositions. Yeah. 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 No, I my my whole like, well, you guys disrespecting it. Well, turns out it was written in 1926. I bet you feel silly. No, I agree. <laughs> uh, I think they kind of. Um, Ah, oh, boy, they... Oh, man, you guys didn't Steely Dan to. had no business covering a song that was written before Mickey Mouse existed. <laughs> <laughs> so, to finish up the story on East St. Louis Toodaloo, they, they, they recorded it in tribute. Uh, it's the only cover they ever put on one of their studio albums. Uh, that's how much oh. they love Duke Ellington, and they wanted to send him a pressing uh, to see what, what he thought of it. And while they were sending it to him, he died. Oh. oh my god. Rest in peace, Duke Ellington. He never got to hear it. The, you know, I think God spared him. Did he die because of it? <laughs> no <Perhaps>. one knows. <laughs> well, Parker's band follows it. This is another sort of tribute to yet another jazz guy. This is a this is reference to Charlie Parker, uh, virtuoso saxophonist from the the fucking 19 whatevers i love charlie parker but also i thought that i did i never got the the parker reference i got mad halfway through this album because i thought it was another bard asshole 
<laughs> it's a. I mean, it's Parker a good guess at this point. Bard name. Yeah, Parker. Yeah, some some asshole named Parker at Bard has a band. And, oh yeah, we're all gonna dance with Parker's band. Shut up. Um, uh, the song is, is uh, the song exists and it's there. Yeah. Steely Dan fans, just checking in on you. How you feeling about all our reviews so far? <laughs> feeling I'm good. I'm sorry, we're mad at it. I know it a was... lot of people like Pretzel Logic, but. Um, it was really glowing the first time or the first episode. And I now really just... like the first two albums. I, I that wasn't like you know, uh, uh, just just happy to do a podcast and I was blinded, you know. But I, no. I genuinely liked them; they were fun. But uh, I don't know. Pretzel Logic is there's parts I like and there's parts I yeah. don't, and it, it's more it's more on and off than the other two albums have been. Through with Buzz, I fucking love though. Hey, uh, this song's about Buzz Lightyear, right? 100%. The song is about, like, you know, Through With cat. Buzz. My favorite part about Through With Buzz is that it's only a minute and 30 seconds long. <laughs> it's over very quickly. It is so beautifully You said beautiful you weren't going to be a hater. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. I, again, I, I would love to love this. It's like a, a puzzle. I, I told people this once. If all... If everyone being into this band was eventually revealed to me as some type of like I'm Michael Douglas in the game and it's a big prank that everyone's in <laughs> on, they don't actually like Steely Dan and it was all just a joke, I would believe that. If if there was a grand reveal and everyone just said, Aha, we were just joking, we're not actually huh. that obsessed with this like mildly milk toast these two guys jazz band from the seventies. Um, and I just, you know, listening last night, and then, you know, the next track, the, the title track, I remember getting through. I'm like, okay, I don't really remember how this one goes. Yeah. They named the album after it. You know, let me get to this. And not to skip over through with Buzz, but like just, I remember getting to it and once again, just feeling like, you know, have you ever gotten into like a pool or a bath that was exactly your body temperature and like <laughs> you couldn't even feel it? Like you just knew yeah. you were in water, but you can't actually. There's it's having no effect on you. That's exactly what this title track did to me. I remember thinking, "Wow, okay, interesting. This is, this is music. Like I hear it. I, I recognize this as a set of tones and sounds <laughs> set to rhythms, put on a recording in a studio. Yeah, but but again, with actually now that I think about it, with this these three songs in a row, Parker's Band, Through Buzz, and Pretzel Logic. I once again remember thinking, like, for a band that is often considered to be, like, the tightest musicians and, you know, jazz, the word jazz is constantly thrown in there, and maybe their live shows are different, but the studio recordings really never have, like, a guitar solo come in and there's nothing, you know, it's not virtuoso level playing, it's not um, particularly out there, it's just kind of, you know, it is, it's, it's doing uh, exactly what they need it to accomplish. Does that make sense? More. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's sort of like so. And and again, and I also am not being a hater because like you guys listened to the first episode. I assume the the listeners at home. I mean, I love the first two albums. So shut up. Yeah. Don't email me. Um, I I like the band, but sometimes I I have no, I noticed that Pretzel Logic was just just a little bit too conventional. Sometimes it's just. Zach, yeah. I gotta give you that a little bit. This album, this isn't the album I would share with someone who didn't think they pushed the envelope enough. Right. Right? Yeah, like, absolutely. this is not 
It would be Asia or Gaucho. Obviously. This is NPC music. Um, <laughs> like uh, yeah. p- through with Buzz. Just I yeah. I know we're talking about Pretzel Logic and Through with Buzz kind of at the same time. It, through with Buzz is kind of a short. I liked it. I I liked how long it was because I think what it was experimenting with didn't warrant anything longer. That's not an insult. I liked that it knew how long it needed to be. Right. I liked the protagonist. Sure. It's another really good loser song. Yes, uh, plenty of loser songs. Like, because the the, the, the the protagonist, he, you know, he's through with Buzz on account of he takes all of his money, he's not very funny, and also he stole his girlfriend. And then at the end, after after the protagonist has, stole, has, has told us that Buzz stole his girlfriend, he goes, well, maybe he's a fairy. Man, that is Whoa. just, first of all, problematic. Second of all, that's just so cope, man. He stole your girlfriend. <laughs> cope and seethe, buddy. <laughs> Like, sorry, that happened to you. Buzz does sound kind of like a dick, but you don't have to also be one. This anyway. is this is me uh, through with Buzz. I'm I'm just gonna run through through with Buzz real quick. Through with Buzz is um, basically what I thought about after I got out of um, when I when I finished watching uh, the movie, Lightyear. the Disney Pixar film Lightyear on Disney Plus, streaming now. Don't uh, no, don't ten ninety nine a month. Don't uh, stop it. DisneyPlus.com. Uh, and uh, pretzel logic is I'm I'm still trying to see the logic behind these pretzels here, uh, because I have no idea. Um, what the fuck he's talking about? What what he's talking about? What pretzel logic is? I came trying to find out what pretzel logic was. I have the answer for you, and it actually kind of made me appreciate the song slightly more. This is also a really conventional song. The album it like <sighs> they get like with through with buzz. I'm like finally they're going slightly weird jazzy with it, just a little bit. And only for a minute and 30 seconds. And then Pretzel Logic is just like a little bit, yeah, a little bit more like, well, you know, <laughs> we got number four. We'd like number one. Um, this, uh, according to this source that I can't pull up at the moment and I'm scrolling and uh, vamping. Where the fuck did it go? Anyway, okay, so I don't have the exact quote. But uh, Donald Steely Fagan said that the lyrics were about time travel. What? Yeah. Give me a fucking break <laughs> <laughs> yeah what? i wanted uh, yeah the crystal logic song well first of all i was gonna ask about that does that explain the whole minstrel show thing because that seems really out of left field to me you know what yeah, yeah same that was really weird yeah there's just like a couple there's like they keep doing this they're gonna keep doing this in this episode also where they keep saying things where i'm like hey non guys you can't just move on from that how what hold on <laughs> hold on what did you say you want to tour the Southland in a traveling minstrel show? What the? F- yeah, what is now that don't even- get me wrong. I understand in the context of their career that they were probably not being racist, but at the same time, I don't understand what it means. I think I also I'm, I can't find. I had bookmarked because I'm reading like a thing that compiled a bunch of their quotes because I'm like I need more Dan info. Um, I'm remember. I'm so I'm gonna have to paraphrase some of this. But someone also mentioned that that bit, the the traveling minstrel show lyric, was kind of a sarcastic reference to them not really enjoying their previous tour in the south of America. That's correct. I read that too. So I don't know. It's I something legitimately think that this album is a lot of like because I I feel like the minstrel show is mentioned like more than once too. Um, this album is basically like going to like a big family dinner and your and your uncle says something insane and moves on and uh <laughs> and you're just kind of like well i mean he's kind of funny sometimes but what he says 
It says some stuff sometimes, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I understand that they are probably not racist people. I just, I did no. not understand how, what they were saying with that, but if they were trying to make some deeper point, but it was lost on me for sure. Yeah, it's not quite, I didn't quite, I, I read that thing about time travel and I'm just like, all right, Steely, you don't have to, whatever. Uh, with a gun, it's about a gun. That one is pretty clear. Docking. It's, uh, it's specifically about guns. And I'm shooting going guns. to assume without looking at the genius page without looking at any stories without looking at anything uh-huh. i'm gonna make the assumption and nikki if you have any data on this tell me if it's right or not okay um i am going to guess that it is about a time at bard that steely or dan <laughs> got held up at gunpoint for some weed or some money wow yeah it was when they were held up for weed and money no i don't know <laughs> i have no clue um i kind of like that they tried to write a song for fallout new vegas before it even existed <laughs> oh, yeah, it's very Western. <laughs> That's all I have to say about it. This is the Bethesda game of Steely Dan albums, I think. It just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit like, boy, there's some interesting ideas here. I get that. And I get, like, and I get why other people would like this one. But, hmm, I just like the other one so much more. <laughs> uh, this is another, this this upcoming song, Charlie Freak. Great name. That's That's a great name for a guy. Um... This is another song that kind of fits with my my GF's theory that this is like a this is a kids band for dads where <laughs> this this is a very this is this song Charlie Freak is about a very it's a bleh. this song Charlie Freak is about a very specific thing. It is about a drug addict who sells his one last possession, a gold ring, to get his last final fix and that's the fix that kills him. And then the man oh who bought the God. ring comes and returns the ring to the dead man. Shut the fuck up. That's so stupid. So it's like a shitty uh. gift of the Magi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also the verses don't, they're just. It's, it, get, it gets a little grating. This album is the dad rock pacifier. Um, a couple of months ago, I heard on a, another podcast that I listened to, Podcast The Ride, they were talking about Chuck E. Cheese. And uh, they apparently early Chuck E. Cheese's had like a room for like parents, like one room for the moms, one room for the dads. And in the dad's room, they would be playing like sports and they would have like um, like uh, chips and shit. Mm -hmm. This is the album version of that room (laughs) somewhere where your dad can go. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. This is the ball pit. This is the auditory (laughs) ball pit for dads. (laughs) Uh, oh, so good, Monkey in Your Soul. Uh, I actually like this one. I've been trashing jo- on the I've been trashing on the latter half of this record, but uh, I kind of like this one. This joins the pantheon of um, of monkey based songs of you know just greatness, alongside Five Little Monkeys jumping on the bed, and everybody's got something to hide except me and my monkey. I think those were the only two monkey songs that existed before this. Yeah. Yeah, and this is a similar thing where they mentioned with East East St. Louis Tootaloo where they're just like, well, it hasn't been recorded since 1930, and we like this song, so we'd like to hear it in, like, hi-fi, right? Which is like, okay, that's weird to put it on the album. It's a cool thing to do as a band, but, like, whatever. Uh, This is another one where they're like, you know what? There's just not enough monkey songs. We gotta fix that. (laughs) I like it. It's catchy. I've been, I've been, uh, this is another one that's been stuck in my head, so. Yeah, I'm alright with it. (laughs) I'll give it to this one, Yeah. (laughs) Overall, pretzel logic. Pretzel logic. It's hard to say sometimes. It's uh, this is a this is an album that is as is pointed to as like one of the big ones. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, Mace, are you picking up something good with it? No, I'm not. <laughs> no, no, I'm picking up something that like you ever you ever just leave a potato out for too long and it's got eyes and you're just like there's like there's some good potato left, but you're like I think skunk stinks on this one. Yeah, this is hey, there's a. <laughs> I don't know. Skunk didn't. See, skunk I love didn't. that I can get invited on a Steely Dan <laughs> podcast and the hosts only enjoy the album slightly more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the only, this is the first album of the episode. And, and uh, you know, I, I will give it to, there's, I, I guess, the songs I like on this album were Ricky Don't Lose That Number, Any Major Dude to Tell You, I would have liked Barrytown if not for the fucking bridge, Through With Buzz, with a gun, I'll give it to it because I kind of like Western kind of music lately. I've been getting to like old country and Monkey in Your Soul. So that's that's five out of eleven. That's not great, but those are good. Not those exactly are good songs. a passing grade. But yeah. uh, but those songs I will put on my iPod probably. So I mean, I got some okay. songs. It's just two out of eleven for me. I'll I'll download these two from Napster. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> well, that's pretzel logic. Sorry if you like it more than us and you're about to yell at us because of how strongly you feel uh refer to our previous conversation about how we're not haters and don't email us even with dan fans i mean this is probably not considered like the pinnacle of their work or anything right i think this is so no no not i don't think this is like a consensus top fave this is that that would goes to the ones that we are all thinking of uh but this is like a like a you know like I'm a real Steely Dan fan. I like Pretzel Logic. Oh, like God. I get that kind of vibe from from Dan fans that really so like this you're one. A big fan of Centipede Hurts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, hey, we get Centipede it. Hurts is a good album. <laughs> it is, but like also, it... <laughs> uh, yeah. There's like a kind of guy who says that it's their favorite. So like, a, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, I could see that. So yeah, that is Pretzel Logic. I'm picking up something. Eh. And, uh, Zach, you don't have to do our little gimmick, uh, but are you picking up something good? Um, no. <laughs> okay, that's what I figured. That's fine. I appreciate your honesty. Um, yeah, I, um, the last thing I would say about this whole thing in my relationship with them is that I honestly wish I were into them. I, I love the idea of finding a new band who has, who had, like, access to really good, uh, studios and equipment and has mm-hmm. a nice, you know, four or five, six album run of things. You know, I love the idea of getting into a new band. And I think with Steely, for a while I did kind of keep thinking maybe I would hear one track or something that would kind of unlock it for me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just never happened. And, you know, for the record, I'm definitely not alone here. Like, uh, there are a lot of people who feel similar to me. And there, there are dozens of, of us. Writers, dozens. Music writers no, specifically much more. who... Um, I want to shout out uh, Claire Biddles, Mark Masters, Mariana um, mm. from Bandcamp, all these people who have either replied or DM'd and said, hey, I- I'm right there with you. The Steely Dan thing does not make sense to me. I actually, I did look through that thread. I'm tempted to like include it in like the description of the episode to be like, this because this seems to be like the, the quote unquote hater perspective episode. So, but I, I saw Wait, a lot which of- thread? The or not not the thread, but the like the various like uh, replies you were getting because you were you were getting into it with like uh, didn't didn't it devolve into a discussion about Radiohead and the Beatles too? Got kind of. Wait, wait, what are we referencing? Was that you? Was that no? I might be thinking of someone else on Twitter. That's embarrassing. 
Wait, no, what, I'm not sure what we're talking about, like a specific post or what? Yeah, didn't you, you mentioned, because you tweeted you were coming on the podcast, and didn't that lead to some discussion on your Twitter oh, account? Oh, 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 sorry, you know, I just, um, I tell people when I get on that app, uh, I just black out. And <laughs> yeah. later, I, no, that's I, fair. I wake up and there's like 20 more posts. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, that, I think that was a different thread, but um, I think the spirit was the same, the idea that like, um, Luke, uh, as some people know him as disaster radio eyeliner. Um, he is a huge Dan fan. I'm talking like he's got the CD box set, Japan import versions, oh, uh, everything like immaculate on his shelves, and just like you know, he loves them. Oh, Mace, but, we gotta have um, Luke on. That sounds awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's not a big Beatles fan, um, and I think he was saying that. He wondered if his feelings about the Beatles were similar to me and the Dan, but I think it was different reasons. Um, and plus, you know, like a lot of things, he ends up ultimately admitting that he likes some Beatles stuff too. So it's, you know, with any music, um, you know, there's any band I should say there's going to be good and bad stuff. But yeah, yeah. Um, with with Radiohead and the Beatles, like to me, and again, I'm not trying to be a hater here, but like. <laughs> I think to compare their discography to Steely Dan, who very, very firmly stayed within a certain zone of music, whereas like Radiohead yeah. has just obviously been all over and done all sorts of different approaches and styles. You know, Dan, they they stayed in their lane, and that's fine. When it works for people, it works well. But to compare the two is pretty funny to me because like there's just it's apples and oranges, you know. Right. Right, which is funny that you say that because we just got done reviewing all of Radiohead. <laughs> so, um, oh, that's right. You know what I did see? <laughs> yeah, but um, no, but I think you're totally right. I think which is interesting that you say that because at the time Steely Dan was seen as this like hugely innovative pop band. Like they are. That's the part that's again which contributes to the whole baffling nature of all of this to right, me. Right, that's I just the go, part you can't the innovation. Yeah, you can't quite. Maybe it was a time and place thing. Maybe if you were there for it, maybe you would have gotten it. Maybe, maybe. you're, you're yeah. too far removed. I don't know. Right. So, much to think about when it comes to the Dan. <laughs> much to consider. I just, I just love, I mean, I do appreciate that you're both, like, you know, honest about your feelings on the album. Um, I imagine some Dan fans are so obsessed they would never want to <laughs> say anything less than, like, you know, the, the the highest praise for any of their music. So I do think it's cool that you're like, yeah, this, this particular album, not exactly a uh, top favorite for me. Yeah, We listen. spent a whole episode trashing um, Phil Selway once. <laughs> like a whole, the whole time. And it was a solo record. Like he worked so hard on it and we were so mean. But we had to be honest. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, all, it's all about uh, integrity and podcasting. Yeah, I mean, you know, making fun of music, it's uh, really the nice thing to do, but it's often the funny thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And we figured Phil Selway, drummer, right, of Radiohead, so. <laughs> probably. I think he'd, I think he'd understand. I think he'd be fine with it. As, as much <laughs> as I'd also think Steely Dan is probably gets that they're not everyone's favorite. Yeah. I hope so. True. I don't, I don't, I don't, they don't strike me as, as a band that, that has any, uh, that has airs about them. <laughs> well, I think they probably realized, because I, I read once that um, some of their live bookings were really difficult because, like, they were just so 
smooth and so soft that like they yeah. could not be booked with certain people because other bands would just like blow them out of the water on stage. <laughs> um, it would just be so, unfair. Like, yeah, like there there needed to be like very specific bookings for them and like if I understand correctly like they basically just stopped playing live at some point, right? That is an interesting thing you should say that it leads to my segue to our break because I have a quote here from Donald Steely Fagan. From 1974 he says, "Quote we're a strange band, you know. The music is all wrong. We all sat around in our living room and came up with this way of playing. It's all very weird. Then there is the imminent breakup, quote. We're about to break up, unquote. That's all ridiculous bull. We're more or less fairly stable now as the five humanoids that started this thing. Oh he said God. that after Pretzel Logic came out, and Pretzel Logic was the final album in, those fi- in which those five <laughs> humanoids were Steely Dan. Oh, after wow. the break... We will be discussing their first album when it was just Steely and Dan and a bunch of really cool <laughs> studio musicians. And also Denny, because they, they like Denny still. Founder of Denny's. Founder of Denny's. Zach, thank you so much for joining us for reviewing Pretzel Logic. I hope, I hope we gave you somewhat of an understanding of the Dan fan. Or maybe less. Or, or less. Uh, I was going to say, um, I, I think I'm moving further away from it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, mission failed. <laughs> we didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It, it it adds to my whole journey, you know, with the band and just the, the whole phenomenon that I spoke of earlier. Just the idea that, like, uh, every other band or musical act in the world, it makes sense to me that people could be heavily into them or obsessed with them, except these these guys right here. And I just... I will mm. continue on in my journey. You know, chances are, you know, mathematically, I'm going to get invited on several more Steely Dan podcasts. <laughs> that's yeah, just that's um, just statistics. That's what's probably going to happen. Yeah, statistically speaking, that's going to yeah. happen soon. And honestly, I think the funniest thing that could happen is that, like, when I am 68 years old it just like clicks for me one day and i go oh yeah i'm a major dude now now that i'm a major dude <laughs> you're one I of the major dudes yeah. soon you um, will be one of the major dudes i believe in you and you know what my only advice to you going forward just skip press logic just listen to asia whatever <laughs> It's true. I mean, it is the better album. I will, I will say that for sure. But no, thank you both for having me on. It, it was fun. Um, I'm sorry I can't join you for the Katie Live discussion. But um, are you that sorry? I, one though? thing, I, one thing I do want to say about Katie Live before you even get into it, because I did listen to that one last night too, is uh, from the lead vocal perspective. It, it, it seems like he's really struggling to get through every song, which makes two of us, by the way. Um, <laughs> that's but... why. That's why I'm so relatable. It's just like, yeah, man, I get it. <laughs> Jokes aside, again, for a band that is supposedly so technically proficient and everything, to have a vocalist, I mean, it sounds like a scratch track sometimes to me. It's amazing. <laughs> but um, no, all the love to Steely Dan, all the love to all of the, your fans, um, your fandom, the dandom, whatever it the is. The fandom, that um, works, yeah. And all the love to you, Zach. Thank you so much. It's nice to actually get to this. Is the first time we've, like, talked, like, voice right. to voice. Yeah, uh, we've been true. Twitter we've been, mutuals um, for online forever. friends for years. Yeah, yeah. Do you have anything to plug before you go? Um, you know, uh, yeah, actually, uh, I do have a new album, a solo album <gasps> of mine that's Ooh. coming out next month. It's oh called Gaucho. 
Um, <laughs> it's a track-by-track cover of an album also called Gaucho by a band called Steely Dan. No, oh, um, no I, I, nothing to plug, but I do. I, this was fun. Um, I wish you both uh, well on your, your Dan journey. Joe Turo! <laughs> You're an utter fool. Just take a look at that girl. It might interest you to know that my stand, the lovers, just went into that girl's ear. Now he's heading for her brain. You better not move, Jotaro! <laughs> Here's what's about to happen. I'm gonna stab you in the back with this knife and make sure that you're never able to move again! Attack me with your star platinum, and this girl's pathetic life ends right here and now! But you would never allow such an innocent child to die, would you? <laughs> oh, good grief. Go ahead and stab me then. Huh? Hey now, did you not hear me? I just told you not to- I told you not to move! What's the matter? Didn't you say something about stabbing me? Like this, right? Body won't move. Why? What the? What is this thing wrapped around me? I see you didn't notice. As your stand was trying to make its escape, Kakyoin tied Hierophant's tentacle to its leg. And seeing as those tentacles stretch all the way back to your stand like a string to a kite, you must have been so self-absorbed you didn't even notice. Ask for forgiveness from Enyaba, the woman you killed. But as for me, I never had the slightest intention of forgiving you. <laughs> Dio paid me to cause this madness. You, you can have it all. Good grief. I know this is blatantly obvious, but you really are a piece of work. What you owe me. You can never repay back with money! You can keep the freaking change. Thank you, Raytheon, for that ad. So good, yeah. Mm. It went down smooth. Really hit the spot. Yeah, we uh, we love our corporate sponsors, and uh, thanks so much to Zach for joining us as well. Yeah. Um, that was a wonderful time. Um, we really appreciate you coming on and trying to learn what the hell our brains are about. <laughs> and we still don't know. We did. I was hope. I was hope, kind of hoping he would tell us. I thought he would figure it out by the end. And uh, well, we're still a mystery. Yeah. But what However, isn't a mystery is the next album we're going to be talking about, which is the name. Which is the the name of it is uh, the uh, album that it's of name Nikki. Which Nikki? Before how, we start. Okay. What. I have, I have something to admit to you. Oh, what? What's up? Um, in 
kind of like ever since last episode, I've been I've been delving into our friend Skunk. Oh yeah, our uh, missile consultant guy. Yeah, I've been lead guitarist diving. missile consultant. I've been doing a lot of dives into his personal life uh-huh. and uh, what he's done and the things that. Um, I guess um, the kind of blood on his hands. Yeah, the kind of blood on his hands and the kind of, you know, people he's killed. I don't know anything about the people he's killed. Allegedly, 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 allegedly. Please, <laughs> um, please for the love of God. <laughs> um, so I wanted to kind of bring another uh, skunk anecdote before we started, Katie. Okay. Yeah. No, um, I think that's you know he just left the band uh, after Pretzel Logic, so you know let's 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 check in on him. What's what's he up to? Yeah. Welcome to Skunk Corner. <laughs> Skunk Yeah, yeah. I don't have. A, I'm not gonna have a theme song for that unless somebody wants to do a Skunk Corner theme song. Just let me know. Right. Um, so I have a story about Skunk that is probably the most 1970s. I think we talked about this a lot last episode, where it was just mm. easy for people to do things back in the 70s or 80s. Yeah, you kind of just could. Yeah, you just you could also just get away with stuff too. Honestly. Yeah, you you kind of you kind of floated into like being a millionaire or whatever. What the fuck ever. I feel like the '60s was kind of the last time you could move states and disappear if you wanted to. Yeah, like you could just like, oh, I'm wanted in California. Better move to better move to move to Ohio and change my name and nothing else about my face or anything, and you could get that, away with that. That's what DB Cooper did, I think. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Um, Skunk has on his website, because uh, I was initially looking for contact information for Skunk, so oh, maybe we could get him on this show. God, that would be so fucking cool. I don't think it's going to happen, because he's got a lot, he, he's got a uh, guy who manages his appearances, his appearance really? fee is probably insane, and he's probably going to have heard the bits about uh, Skunk. <laughs> well, he, he can show up for free, he's got the money. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, on his website is, he's got a stories page on his website where he explains insane shit that's happened to him. Uh, and here's one about, uh, the creation of maybe one of my favorite songs of the 20th century. Uh, Donna Summer's bad girls. Oh, okay. He's got a story about that. He was a session guitarist in the recording of bad girls. So a popular session guitarist skunk received a phone call for an emergency session with Donna summer when another guitarist wasn't available. Summer was already in the studio. Like, she was in the booth right there. Hmm. Skunk, and when Donna Summer's in the booth, she's in the fucking booth. She's in, she's in the fucking zone. Skunk didn't have time to go home for a guitar. I, this is the most maybe specific Hollywood story I've ever heard. Okay. Because I have an idea of where the studio might be and I have what, the idea of where he went. He stopped at Guitar Center. It was if he was in L.A., it was probably the Hollywood Guitar Center where he just fucking showed up. Just showed up. He bought a twenty-five dollar used electric guitar and a new set of strings. Rushed off to the studio. He heard the arrangement wow. once. He suggested they step it up a bit, and the result was the always recognized riffs at the beginning of the song. Those are that's him. That's him. That's I know that song. Skunk. Wow. Okay, I don't know that that's entirely just it was easy to do things in the 60s. Because, I mean, he was just that good of a guitarist that he'd be like, hear the arrangement once and then do it. Just do it. Yeah. But, I mean, he did. Maybe yeah. this is embellished on Skunk's part. Maybe a little bit. You but, think a little bit? But also, like, I trust Skunk. Do you trust a guy named Skunk? Well, a little. Yeah, but you know who would lie is fucking Katie. God. God, I'm so glad they're finally addressing her lies. Finally, finally. Her reign of terror is over. (laughs) 
This is the first album after they fired Skunk and all the others. I don't think... Well, they didn't fire them. They were just... We're living in a post-Skunk world. Yeah, I don't know. I tried to see if this was, like, a contentious split, but it doesn't seem like it. It just kind of seemed like everyone, like, understood that that was happening and kind of just accepted it. From what I heard, it was about, you know, like, touring schedules and stuff like that. Right, it was also that. It was just, like, touring. And also, just they, they... Steely and Dan specifically just didn't want to do that anymore. Yeah, they, it seems like it's kind of analogous to when the Beatles stopped touring and, you know, they went in and they started being a studio. Only... When did they do that? That was around uh, Revolver, I believe. Revolver oh. or uh, Sgt. Pepper was the first one. I didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah, that's when they, they, they did not tour except for that um, that rooftop concert that one time. And did you ever see the, the six-hour Peter Jackson documentary? What do you think the answer to that is? Hell no. Exactly. Um, so um, in that documentary, they're doing that concert. And I'm sorry, we'll get to Katie Lyde in a second, but I feel like I need to explain to you the most British reaction to anything we're I've ever seen in my life. We're still in Skunk Corner, so anything goes. So don't worry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're playing the rooftop concert and they cut to film, you know, from the, from the ground asking people, Hey, do you know the Beatles are playing up there? (laughs) And everybody, every single person is like, Oh, that's the Beatles. Oh, you know, they're making an awful lot of noise. And that is every single interview they have. There aren't like, like, wow, this is the Beatles last concert or, or the interviewers are like, Hey, the Beatles are up playing on that fucking roof live for you for the first time in years. They they have toured in years and they're just like on a roof playing. Don't you, are you excited? And they're like, yeah, sure. That seems neat. No, they're just like, Oh, okay, cool. Whatever. What? (laughs) Even, even me noted Beatles hater would be like, Oh, well, okay. I got to check that out. Yeah, they're playing on a roof. That's One of them could jump. Kind of cool. Yeah, let's let's see how Ringo could fly. <laughs> he no, can, by the no, way. No, he cannot. Um. So, is that Skunk Corner? Yeah, that was all. That was Skunk Corner long ago. When I, I, once I started talking about no, Katie Lied. No, the Beatles was also part of it. Oh well, I mean, anything is Skunk Corner. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're we're talking about Katie Lied. I have slightly more to say about this album. Uh, but uh, but first, we got to talk about Black Friday. Black Friday. Um, this, okay, this is about the, the, the stock market crash in 1929, which is great because they're not writing about Bard anymore. Um, yeah, thank fucking God. Yeah, because I was starting to, I don't know if, if my anger was palpable um, in the first half of the episode. Uh, no, you were kept... kind of getting sick of it, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sick of Bard College, and I never want to hear about Bard College ever again. Maybe write and, a different thing, yeah. And, and I'm sorry if you went to Bard College, like, this is not, like, on you, Again, but, this, this the episode of this of this of this uh, or the title of this episode should be "I'm not being a hater," but <laughs> like <laughs> I'm not being a hater. But fuck you if you've ever been to Bard College. Fuck you if you've ever attended Bard. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. Um, I'm glad they're finally writing about other things, and uh, I kind of like this song. I thought it was weird that they would write a song about people trampling each other in a Best Buy to get a good deal on a flat screen TV, but I, I thought it was a good song. Yeah, yeah. The Wii wouldn't be invented for another thirty years, but they it's in the lo- it's in the lyrics. They predicted it. Yeah. Uh, so, this is kind of indicative of the whole album, my reaction to this song, which is, it didn't grab me at all, at first, or the second listen, or the third listen. I, okay. But then it, no, but then it caught, it, I caught myself having it stuck in my head. So I gave it a fourth and fifth and sixth listen, and I think I like this album and this song now. Oh, so you, like, went through it. Yeah, like... Actually, it was really weird. We didn't get into it when Zach was on because I was just fascinated to hear about how much he is a hater, no matter how much he protested. Big, uh, big time hater. It. 
No, okay. uh, I, I did get into it, but I, I the first, uh, like, the whole past week, this is basically all, like, what I've mainly been listening to. Because I'm just trying to get into it. I'm trying to get into the Dan. Yeah. We're, we're, we're all trying to become Dan fans. We're all trying to, you know, force ourselves to um, to submit. Yeah. You know, it's the, except the inevitable. And I liked Pretzel Logic at first and didn't like Katie Lied. Yeah. And then they, like, the more I listen to both of them, they just, the, my opinions of them swapped. You know what? Yeah, same. Initially, I was like, mm, I, I like, uh, I like, uh, I like uh, Pretzel Logic. Right, because yeah, it was like accessible and poppy. Yeah. And and then I was like, wait, I kind of don't. Kinda and then yeah. Katie lied initially. I was like, mm, I don't know about this. This seems kind of like murky. And then it changed. once. I think once I saw Pretzel Logic in context with Katie lied. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like listening to them back to back, to back definitely yeah. helped me. Um, cause like, I think the first day I listened to one album and then the next day the other, but, uh, it didn't work. And then I listened to it back to back and I was like, oh, okay, no, Pretzel Logic is the, is the not great one. Yeah. I have some really good trivia about this album. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. So, uh, Steely and Dan apparently were dissatisfied with the album's sound quality because of an equipment malfunction with the venue, uh, DBX noise reduction system. The group claimed that um that the damage was mostly repaired after consulting with the engineers at dbx mm-hmm. but apparently steely and dan have still refused to listen to the completed album i think it sounds fine wait really yeah they don't they've not they've never heard katie like <laughs> i think they fucking I think, made it bro i think they they made it but they haven't heard the final mix because no i know that's why that's 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 wild yeah they're so they're so i mean wow you can tell this album like i mentioned this with pretzel logic but like it's just extremely more so with this one you can tell that production was more important (laughs) right right and that's i don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing i just think that that is what happened i feel like if there was too much noise in a recording i wouldn't be like i'm not listening to that ever i'd be like i paid for this yeah it didn't seem that particularly noisy to me no and if it was that bad just fucking re-record it i don't know also, maybe we were listening to, like, a remaster or something that had, like... Oh, you know, I mean, because they have... I mean, guess who's remastering the Steely Dan albums? It's Steely Dan. So, yeah. I that actually might be true. I'm assuming Wonder. it's it's possible that, you know, the first album... So, the first version of the album sounds like a wind tunnel. It sounds like, you know, like it's being recorded from very far away. I don't think uh, it's that It's possible bad. that... Um, I mean, maybe, maybe... Um, a lot of reviews from the 70s seem to classify it as as an album that was recorded on the other side. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Uh, I like this. Uh, I like this song. I'm going to dig myself a hole, going to lay down in it till I satisfy my soul. One of the most relatable bits of lyricism, lyricism in any any song I've ever heard. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That is that is my shit right there. Also, you can tell, uh, like they're doing more on his vo- uh, on his vocals with effects. Like they're actually they're actually putting effects on his vocals. Yes, I don't think they really ever did that. <laughs> like they no. put reverb, but like he's there's like a you know he's got some weird echoey stuff in the verses that are cool. I really I really like the way that they're starting to um to I guess uh, experiment in the in the, the- in the studio. Well, especially because this one they they didn't have a band to hold back. Not hold. Yeah, it's back. just Steely and Dan wrong, but, and a bunch yeah. of guys. They got off Craigslist <laughs> from the seventies. <70s. laughs> I wouldn't say Craigslist. Off seventies Craigslist. Sure. Uh, what do you th- What do you think about uh, Bad Sneakers? Bad Sneakers has fucking uh, Michael McDonald. Yes. 
Yes, it does. Michael will die. I'm gone insane. How, what has that, uh, that part go? It's me, Michael McDonald, and I'm playing a racetrack. track. I'm in the doobies. Insane. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he does some fucking stellar work in the backup vocals. Is this the first appearance of Michael McDonald in a Steely Dan? I'm pretty sure it's the first appearance of Michael McDonald. Wow, welcome. Welcome to the Dan, Michael. Welcome, Michael McDonald, to the Resistance. So, I like Black Friday, but I was listening to it and I was like, okay, fellas, I know you got the rock down. Do you still have that jazz? And they still have the jazz. And it's in Bad Sneakers, they still have that jazz. After getting rid of it for Pretzel Logic and not having any <laughs> jazz or... It's so, the, so the, jazz, sound, not the sound of a completely swagless band on uh, Pretzel Logic. <laughs> yeah. Um... I um, I thought it was a catchy verse, and then the chorus didn't work for me until like a bunch of listens in, and I was just kind of like, oh, I kind of like that actually. It's like short, it's that funny run of notes in a vocal melody that you don't. It's just a weird sounding chorus. Yeah, but in a good way. The I want I want to talk about the breakdown, like the instrumental breakdown with the solo and everything. Can I tell you something yeah. about it? Yeah, tell me about it. I kind of understand what Zach was saying about just kind of like. I'm trying to put put this into words. Again, I'm not trying to be a hater, but... But... The instrumental breakdown in this felt kind of perfunctory. You know what? Yeah. Like, there's some... T- it feels like sometimes they write... They, they have, like, a formula of, like... Not a formula. It seems a little harsh. They, they, they are like, well, we gotta have a breakdown somewhere, and there's gotta be a solo. <laughs> sometimes they just don't have one, but, like, sometimes it kind of feels like, well, we gotta have one. Yeah, yeah, it feels like they're checking things off a list sometimes. Like, the breakdown in this was perfectly good, but it did feel a little bit like, okay, we've got the solo, we could go back to the verse, okay, great. Just a little bit. Yeah, 100%. Just a little bit. Ooh, uh, just a little bit. Yeah. So, but I but I like it. It's a good, it's a good song. Yeah. What about Rose Darling? Rose Darling is... I feel like I would be friends with the character named Rose Darling in this. Yeah. And also uh, the the character Snake Mary. Oh, I want to know Snake Mary. This Whoa. is very... I don't know why this song reminds me of the Garbage Pail Kids so much. <laughs> I, I don't know. Rose Darling I, Snake Which is, Mary. I guess, me saying that I don't have a lot to say about Rose Darling. I just like the song. I like it. I don't have a whole lot to say either. I think it's fine. I like it. There's there's a little goofy sounding. Steely is the. I like the. I like the his. I like when he starts to get a little goofy. It, he sounds right? like I. I thought in this song, in Rose Darling, he sounds like a cross between Bob Dylan and John Linnell. He does. Like, I mean, I have no flame of reference for Linnell. Like right nasally, now. he's like pretty nasally in this one, and mm-hmm. he's got like kind of weird inflections that he cut, like he grabs from his throat. Ah, yeah, I mean, picking up something good season three coming soon, but I have no, uh, yeah, okay, thank you, thank you for explaining Linnell to me. Trust, trust me on this one, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, so the, the weird throaty bits, that's Bob Dylan, but the, like, the, singing from the nasal, that's, that's John Linnell. Yeah, okay. Uh, the instrumental bit before the chorus is so catchy, the boom, ba da da Extremely so, yes. I wish that went on for longer, because I don't like the chorus. The chorus is not, it's not the best that I've heard. It sucks. I, I... I'm trying to be nice. It's not the best. No, thing the I've chorus heard. lays it on really thick. It's uh, it just doesn't work. It's not as bad as how much the uh, the bridge to Barrytown fucking ruined Barrytown. For oh me. my god, fucking Barrytown! Like the, but uh, it so it doesn't quite ruin the whole thing. But I'm just kind of like, yeah, all right. But this 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 chorus is uh, 
also not that long. A lot of quick choruses on this album. You a lot that? of quick choruses on the entire, I think, the entire uh, yeah. Steely Dan situation after after Pretzel Logic and later. Yeah, and I also think the guitar solo in Rose Darling also slightly like, okay, well, do the solo now, I guess. Just a yeah. little bit. I'm trying, I try, I'm hoping we're not sounding too harsh, because I do like a lot of this. No, 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 I don't think we're coming off as bad as the, uh, as the Weatherhouse episode. <laughs> oh, God, poor Phil. That was, that was so mean, He's and I crying. honestly just remembered, yeah, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's about it, uh, for Rose Darlin. Yeah, Rose Darlin. It's, uh, I get, like, big, uh, Huckleberry, Huckleberry Hound vibes from Rose <laughs> Darlin. Yeah. <laughs> Much like, much like me in 2017, I, I'm, I'm daddy here. I don't live in that New York City no more. That's right, you don't. Except, you're not exactly like the daddy in this song because Maze. Yes, we got another loser song. Oh my God, Daddy's such a fucking loser. This is an incredible addition to the pantheon of Steely Dan loser songs. This they is a really, divorced man. This is a dead divorced man. Did you pick up on that? He's dead. I did not. Yeah, he's, I'm pretty sure the daddy in Daddy Don't Live in New York City No More. The reason he doesn't live in New York City No More, nor does he drive his El Dorado No More, or or can't smoke cigars. I think he's dead. I think that's, I think that's what the song is about. They would, do you think that Steely Dan would write a song about a dead guy? They did, yeah, Charlie Freak. Oh, that's true, fair. <laughs> we just reviewed it. Uh, you, yeah. You were really annoyed about how the song was about a guy dying. <laughs> Okay, I I was really annoyed because I thought it was a fucking bard guy. Anyway, yeah, he, oh, right. he's he's. I'm, it makes sense that he's dead. This is like maybe leading up to the quintessential loser song on on Asia. Oh yeah, this is it's leading up. It's leading up to it. We're getting oh. we're getting bigger and bigger losers. This guy's this guy. I would not want to hang out with him. He's kind of an asshole. The other losers, I really had like I had no opinion on them because I, I, I had like, a little bit of empathy for some of them. But, you yeah. know, this guy's just kind of like, all right, man, you made your... Come on. He, he drives like a fool out to Hackensack, and he drinks his dinner from a paper sack. He says, that I man... gotta see a Joker, and I'll be right back. He's going to see Jokers? Yeah. This, goes... dude's, this dude's going to New Jersey to meet... He's meeting New Jersey Jokers, Mace. Those... I I mean, the, the Gotham... The Impractical si Jokers? No. No, even worse. Like, we're talking like, you know, the Gotham City Joker gets a lot of press for being a Joker. But those Hackensack Jokers, you don't fuck around with them. They're fucking way worse. They're, they're scary. way worse. They're so scary, the New Jersey Jokers. <laughs> That'd be a good baseball team. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, um, he doesn't live there anymore. And I like the song. I don't mind it. I, I, the verse that that I think proves uh, my, my theory that this is about a dead guy who sucked. Uh, no, daddy can't get fine. No cigar. But we know you're smoking wherever you are. He's in hell. Yeah, maybe, or or maybe it's like a like a like a tall tale, like a Paul Bunyan of drunk assholes. <laughs> like he's he's oh he's like the drunkest of all the assholes, and it's just like whoa, yeah, that's daddy. Yeah. And he still has like a blue goat or whatever uh, Paul Bunyan has. <laughs> is that what it is? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> Let's talk about Doctor Wu. <laughs> yeah, can we talk about <laughs> can we talk about Doctor Wu, the the like sort of title track of the album? Sort of, sort of. It's um, where it's where Katie is from. In the titular yeah. Katie line. She also tried. That's the, we get that part of the, so, the story. She also tried. She tried. She yeah. absolutely, she did her best, yeah. it looks like. You were going to ask me a question. I bet it was important. Is this song about drugs? Yeah. 
Yeah, this is 100% about, like... Yeah, it's the guy going through withdrawals. Yeah, going through withdrawals. Uh, he's got, like, a weird fascination with Cuban people, which is great. You know, like, <laughs> that's me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, Cuban immigrants, uh, I guess, about he wants Biscayne, to go to Biscayne Bay. Biscayne Bay, yeah. I've been to Biscayne Bay before. There's really nothing great in Biscayne Bay. There's, like... Um, Gentlemen sleep all day. That's what he wants, though. They based. they don't, though. There's, like, a mall there. That's his idea of it, at least. <laughs> Actually, I don't think the mall had been built yet by the time that uh, the song came out. Oh, but... maybe, maybe not. Um, yeah, Katie tried. I was halfway crucified. I was on the on the other side of no tomorrow. You walked in, and my life began again. And that you is Wu. Is Doctor Wu? That's a real person, by the way. This is a How... song about a real man. Yeah. Do we know anything about Doctor Wu? Is Doctor Wu is like a rehab doctor or what? Yeah. So this is an actual guy. Okay. Um, I don't know if this is like a purely biographical song right like i don't know if this is steely if steely had the drug problem and he met dr Wu and was inspired mm. to you know i don't know but uh i i did check dr Wu is um was a doctor i'm trying to find the extra i have like a million tabs open um because i've been going down so many damn rabbit holes here it is okay so this is his he passed away in 2002 so this is uh from his obituary um Jing Wu, OMD, noted leader in traditional Chinese medicine in the Washington, D.C. area, passed away in 2002. He's well known for his pioneering leadership in acupuncture and herbal medicine in the capital area and for helping a broad spectrum of patients from those with drug addictions to terminal illnesses to prominent politicians and celebrities. Oh. Um, He was born in China, uh, immigrated as a small child. He went back to Hong Kong to study Chinese philosophy and healing. He got a degree at Hong Kong. He came back to Washington, D.C., and then Steely Dan named a song after him in 1975. Yeah, so he's drug addiction guy to the stars. Yeah, so I'm assuming that's how Steely knows about him. Yeah. Uh, which is, uh, I sort of, um, I, di- I, I kind of, I didn't like it. And then I read that it was about a real person, so it kind of gave me like a little bit of like, okay, I'll like give it another chance. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, again, I don't really like the chorus. It's, I feel like they've got weak choruses right now. Like, their, their chorus game, I don't know if it was losing Skunk or if it was losing... Was it Jim? Um, yeah, or, like, was it Because they got Denny. Yeah, they got Denny. You Denny, can't put this on Denny. Yeah, I don't think anybody can pin Denny this on Denny. Denny the dog Diaz. Yeah, right. I just think that the... The, um... Sorry, the choruses are just not incredible they're just it's a little kind of a little bit there's some weak choruses in this in these two albums um i like the verses though mm-hmm. um this is didn't i say the opposite about a bunch of radiohead songs where it's like yeah the verses were okay but then the chorus yeah i they have like an opposite problem i would say that steely dan and radiohead are like the opposite of one another like the that's exact crazy. opposite that's so like up. they're british these guys are american no. No. <laughs> uh, anyway, the sax solo in this, though? Oh, Ooh. fuck yeah. I, there's like, nothing, I like me a good sax. There's nothing perfunctory about that solo. That They they did not phone that one in. That was pretty good. S- some of that sax and violins. That's good. Oh, God. Okay, we have to talk about the next song. Yeah. Everyone's gone to the movies. It is a <laughs> combination Calypso song slash admission to crimes. Of course, I am so surprised that it took 
Steely Dan four <laughs> albums to start doing Calypso. I know. It took them four to be like, mm, Calypso sounds groovy, I y'all. It's my... 1975. <laughs> no more whiskey. How about we have a little bit of rum, eh, Dan? Oh, sounds good, Steely. How about we go down to New Orleans and do some Calypso? <laughs> I like the backing. I love the instrumental of this song a yeah. lot. God, what a good instrumental this song has. <laughs> However, then there's some other stuff <laughs> that, yeah, second line, this is likely a reference to Joseph LePage, known as the French monster, a convicted rapist, serial killer and necrophile. Yeah, I didn't realize it was about a specific pedophile. God, that is new information you've just told me. But it is clearly about a pedophile. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, mm, this is, um. I mean, are we gonna? I mean, we, we probably will have to put a content warning for this. Yeah, because yeah. this is kind of explicitly what the song is about, and I feel like it would be weird if we didn't talk about it. And it made me very uncomfortable listening to it. You can hear how I'm like uncomfortably laughing. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a really here's the thing. Un- uncomfortable song yeah. generally. The first time I heard this song, the verse was made my stomach hurt, and then the chorus kicks in, and I laugh so hard i start crying it, it turned the song around for me everyone's gone to the yeah. movies now we're alone at last i uh, it, no listen mace you realize what this is right the verse is from the perspective of the kids being creeped upon but the the chorus is from the perspective of the parents of those children just happy that they're finally out of the house which makes this no. a very very darkly funny song wait seriously yeah <laughs> Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, everyone's gone to the movies, referencing Mr. LePage showing his movies in the den. Now we're alone at last. Like, it's the parents celebrate. That's why the, the chorus is this, like, celebrating, like, Calypso party sounding Jesus kind of thing. Jesus Christ. It's this, like, really dark, it's really dark comedy. Holy God. <laughs> like, Steely Dan is going for an extremely bitter chuckle with this one. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, do you think it works? I need your opinion on this. I don't know that it works because uh-huh. I'm freaked out by it. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, the way it is sung, it is, they are not being subtle. They, it, it, uh, I think it's the backing track that, like, does this to me. The, the, the come on, that, like, that sax that sounds like a mosquito is right by your ear. Yeah. Really, really puts you off. And I think, I mean, it's totally on purpose. I think it's genius. I like, I, <laughs> people are going <laughs> to, the Pizzagate people are going to come after me for saying this, but I kind of like this song. Oh because, my God. Because it makes me viscerally upset. It makes me very uncomfortable. And it's very rare for a song to make me feel so strongly. It is, it's the song form of uh, that, uh, that name one thing in this photo meme. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like oh yeah. Wait, the the like weird um like AI generated like mush that yeah. picture? Yeah, yeah, that's like for some reason it's offset it's off putting because it's like it's, that should I should be able to recognize these images, but I can't. Entirely off putting, like your stomach hurts when you're looking at it. You get kinda clammy. Am I dying? Yeah. It makes me feel exactly like that, which is what is it makes I'm fascinated by it. Exactly. I, I think it's so I think I, now. I keep thinking about listening to it, and I keep thinking about like QAnon people discovering the song and trying to like go after Steely Dan. Oh, they they you know they fucking they have because yeah, they won't understand that this is clearly not Steely Dan admitting to being pedophiles. Like, I you know it's 
it's just so funny. I don't know. Now, now is probably a good time to talk about the um, the Akewood strip that you showed me earlier today. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a good that thing. is um, the it's the icon uh, of our Twitter account, PUSG Pod, right now. Um, which kind of it's it's related, um, and it's you know Ray looking at a computer. Hey, yeah, this is Ray Smuckles over at Primetime. Yeah, I need a picture of the guys from Steely Dan where one of them is from America's Test Kitchen and the other one has been interrupted from a phone call where he was trading Russian teenagers for diamonds. <laughs> Please. The picture Please. appears on it, screen. It's a picture of them two, and it does look like one of them is from America's Test Kitchen and Walter. the other one was just doing trafficking. <laughs> Dol- uh, Dol- yes. He, uh, he's got a vibe in that picture that is off-putting. Yeah, and it is as off-putting as this song is to me. <laughs> I love that, love that panel, love that comic. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, this song is uh, deeply upsetting. <laughs> let's yeah, go. Let's yeah. go to your gold teeth two, a sequel. They're writing was, a sequel. Was there a your gold teeth one? Did I miss that? Yeah, in um, uh, in fucking countdown to ecstasy, if I'm remembering correctly. Really, there was a your gold teeth one. Yeah, did you not? You don't remember? Oh yeah, there was a your gold teeth one. I just kind of let that song happen to me. Your gold, the first one, yeah, and much like the first one, I'd let the second one also just happen to me. <laughs> I I will have to say that um, of the two gold teeth, I like the first one better. I do same. The intro to gold teeth two fucks. There's that cool synthesizer, yeah, and then the vibe just like radically changes to like a you know brush drum jazz kind of thing. Which is Gold cool. Teeth 2! <laughs> yeah, they jump on stage. And now it's the <laughs> Gold Teeth 2. Catchy verse, really annoying chorus. What is going on with these choruses, you guys? They're not, they're, they're just like... They're not really annoying. It's just, it's just... It's a little too... Cl- it's cloying. You know, it's a little too sickly sweet, this chorus. Right, 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 right. They got your gold teeth and see how they roll. It's like a little... It's a little... It like, it's... The produ- it's overproduced and it's making me not like it. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But you know, they're still working out the kinks here because it's just it this is the first this <laughs> yeah. is the first album where it's just Steely and Dan. Yeah. This is the first album where they just hired a bunch of guys off nineteen seventies Craigslist. They got a, they got a number of really, really interesting guys. Um off, and, off uh, Craigslist, yeah. The uh well, it, I'm just going to skip to the song because it made me fall asleep and I don't have anything else to say about it. But any any world that I'm part of, whatever that the I'm fuck it's called. To. Yeah, thank you. Um, Hal Blaine of The Wrecking Crew is on drums on that track. Really? Yeah. Hal Blaine? Yeah, of The Wrecking Crew. Yeah. And, uh, oh, Jesus. Yeah, for folks who are not familiar, uh, I would recommend looking up the documentary The Wrecking Crew about a group of California session musicians that are... If you think about any popular song from 1960-something to 1980-something, one of them or a lot of them probably played on it. Here, here, let, let me let me name a couple that Hal Blaine did. Yeah, name, name, yeah, Hal Blaine the drummer. Why are we freaking out that he's on this album? Yeah, what and the, the, the song he, he was on, on was kind of mid. Uh, God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. A lot of Wouldn't Beach Boys. Wouldn't it be nice? Bridge Over Troubled Water, Good Vibrations, The Carpenter Song, Close to You, uh, Be My Baby by the Ronettes, uh, Simon and Gar- several Simon and Garfunkel songs. Yeah, he, he he worked with Beach Boys and Simon and Garfunkel a lot. Uh, Be My Baby is such, I mean, yeah. the Ronettes. S- Who could, it's the Ronettes. Sloop John B, my favorite song about a guy having a shitty time on a boat. <laughs> That's so good. 
Uh, Mamas and the Papas Dream a Little Dream of Me. Uh, California Girls, not the Katy Perry song, but the Beach Again, Boys Beach song. Boys. Fucking a drummer, one of the greatest drummers of all time, and he's on the this. Yeah. So you know that's the, he. They got some good guys. Yeah. They knew. They really knew, like Steely and Dan can can really put together a band. Right. Um, I skipped over Chain Lightning because I also kind of don't like that one. It's. It's kind of boomer to me. <laughs> it's very boomery. I, you know what? And I don't. I don't want to be a hater, but um, there is just like so, some undercurrent running through these two <clears throat> Steely Dan records, where yeah. before they made their big pivot, it felt like they were just kind of stagnating a little bit. They had some good. They had some good, like you know, gold nuggets. Yeah, but like, there's it, a reason I paired these two albums together for this episode. There's. It just, there are moments that are incredible and are very like, yep, they still got it. Yeah, they're very high highs and low lows. Really basically. low lows. And it's before they made their big pivot, they did not, they they were just going into the same hole of making the same song over and over again. Yeah, like Chain Lightning is kind of the, the, the pinnacle of that because it's the whole song is the same bar, one bar phrase repeated. Yeah. Ba, ba, ba. That's it. The whole song. That's the only verse. There's no chorus. No chorus. Because they figured, well, we're not really doing a lot of those really good, so let's just not do one. I I think the lyrics are good. Like, lyrically, they always have something. So I'll give them that. Like, this, you know, Chain Lightning is just kind of a funny... Like, I think the reason it sounds like a boomer rock kind of vibe is that it's making fun of, like, the boomer conformity mentality of, like, not wanting to rock the boat and, like, Oh, I'm just like anyone else. You see, uh, you know, I'm not unique. Don't worry about me. Yeah. So and I, that's... I think it was on purpose the way that it is. They're exploring yeah. a specific, uh, they, they have, they keep going back to specific bits of old Americana in music mm-hmm. that are so far removed from, right. maybe that's why Zach laughs at them. <laughs> Because you know what? And that makes sense. Yeah, because you because the kind of music that they were heavily influenced by is a lot of old school, old school, like forties, thirties, forties, fifties, jazz, R and B, like early stuff. And so sometimes when they dip back into that well, to us we hear that and go, "That's like from a cartoon." What is this? I wonder right. if that's part of it. And it makes us say things like, you know, this is show tunes ass music. Yeah, like, because it, yeah, the, you, the, yeah. Hmm. It's like, okay, Chain Lightning and Any World, both of those, to me, they're kind of like... Any World is pe- a fucking show-ass tune. That's why yeah, I don't like it. It sounds like it's from yeah. a musical. It's from, it's, it does sound like it's from a musical. The lyrics are just... <laughs> Talking about Any World! Like, stop, okay. Stop it. it any World like song... I do! <laughs> it sounds like a song that was written for a um, Epcot pavilion in the 1980s. <laughs> I'm talking about a world. Stop. That part That part pissed me off. Talking about a world. That's not Dan. Yeah. That's not Steely Dan. Yeah. It's not. That's not him. Not, uh, not we should throw guys. back the little ones, though. I love this song. This is good. This, this is, they, they ended a good, oh. yeah. Oh, man. The second half of this one. <laughs> a lot of a roller coaster, but they saved it. Holy shit, yeah. They, like... Oh my god, this song is so good. They put the mid ones down, but then they, like, came back. They came back with it. I love this fucking song. Little vignettes. Each 
each verse, this is my interpretation of it. I keep giving you my interpretations as if it's the one thing, but I don't know. This is what I keep, I'm picking up. Mm-hmm. But I got I read it as like um, each verse is kind of uh, showcasing a different kind of like manipulative person, and then the chorus right. is just kind of reinforcing the theme. Um, I I think it's very catchy. I had to look up what uh, walks like an engine meant. Unfortunately, Steely, you're going problematic fave on me again. It was 1975. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently, it's um, an old timey slang phrase for walking around barefoot. So right. you could have just yeah. said that, Steely. But okay. Anyway, not really an issue. Uh, I just had to look that up. And then talk about dancing in place and painting his face. And... He's extending the metaphor there in a way that's just like, all right, man. Yeah, calm down. Uh, so, you know. Uh, Okay, but I, musically, really, really good song. Wonderful, wonderful. Almost pristine. Very jazz. Very, yeah. very fucking jazz. Very Dan. Like, this is Dan. This There's, is full I'm, Dan. Th- this is full Dan. And a really good way to end it, because it really could have... It could have ended on a sour note for me, but I really feel like this... Like, this, the way it ended the first listen, because I really didn't like the first listen. But right. I did like this one, even from the first listen. So I think... It's really lucky that I liked it because it made me want to go back. So I did. Right. And I liked it. What do you think? Yeah, Anything it's a else? good time. It's yeah. a good ending. It's a, you know, uh, a pick me up after, you know, a kind of mid second half. Yeah. So, yeah. Are you picking up something good with Katie I'm Light? Picking, I'm picking up something that could have been an EP. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I don't know if the you Maybe. know artists were into releasing EPs back then, but I don't. I, I could have been. I like that. I only release EPs, and that's like that's Steely Dan would be like baffled by that. I think. <laughs> yeah, Steely and Dan would be like, "What? Four tracks at a time? Wait, wait, come on! You don't you don't put the bad ones on there too? I I will say that's the other, that's true. Like these two albums were pretty short. They were both like thirty five minutes, right? This could have been an EP. Yeah. Mm. Pretzel logic. Yeah, maybe. Let's how uh, yeah, Can't Buy a Thrill was forty one minutes. Yeah. Countdown to Ecstasy was forty one minutes. Yeah, it was just like a little bit shorter. Right. And Pretzel Logic had East St. Louis Toodaloo, which seemed like kind of a gimme. So like <laughs> it was like thirty minutes. Anyway, East no. St. Louis Toodaloo felt like cheating. <laughs> <laughs> they did it well, but like, come on, man. Yeah. Uh you know, I'm picking up something pretty good with Katie Light. With like a question mark at the end the way I did that. You know, yeah, pretty, same. pretty good. Yeah. It doesn't make me not want to continue. No, because we are we're on this we're on this road for, you know, the rest of December. Yeah. We're on Steely Dan December all month. We're on the train tracks, baby. This mine cart is going down. And, and I think at this point Fagan and uh the other guy have tied us to the to the train tracks yeah. with these two. Like uh like like uh, old old timey cartoon villains twirling twirling their mustache and tying us to, to trail tracks. <laughs> Rail tracks. Whatever. I can't even talk anymore. Let's end this episode. Let's end the episode. Uh, Nikki? You're Nikki, right? I think. Yeah. I'm Nikki Flowers. Uh, this has been a limited event prestige podcast episode uh, of picking up something good, colon, Steely Dan Sember, part two, The Reckoning. This time, <laughs> revenge. <it's> personal. <laughs> Revengeance, right. Uh, I'm Nikki Flowers. I'm your host. Uh, one of them, at least. And I play music as Nikki Flowers. Uh, it's true. You can check it. If you don't believe me, go to NikkiFlowers.bandcamp.com and give me $10 or I'll bite you in the lake. 
I have also developed a video game for the Game Boy. It's called You Are a Skeleton, and that is not a problem. And that is a problem. Sorry, it is a problem. I can't talk anymore because it's the end of the episode. Google it. You'll probably find it. Maze, take over. Hi, my name is Mace. Uh, I play music, music as Echo Vessel. Um, I am working on an album. It's called Cartoon. It's really cool. Yeah, it is. Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter, at Echo Vessel, or on Instagram at Echo 3 O's Vessel. Um I, uh, I've been doing a countdown to Avatar The Way of Water uh, every day for the past 266 days. Where are we and at? Where are we at today? As, we're as of five the days today. Nikki, you were shouted out in the fifth day. I um, was very excited about that. Tomorrow will be four days. Uh, I have a ticket on Thursday to go see Avatar and Dolby Cinema 3D. And I'm just waiting for a cam rip to hit the, the, uh, the, the pirate base and whatnot. I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not uh, going to a fucking theater. Yeah, everybody uh, has Avatar fever. I have forced Avatar fever upon every single one of my friends. Yeah. Um, uh, Nikki and I run a label called Neo Detritus. Uh, it's very cool. We're going to be launching a radio station in earnest soon. Um, <laughs> I'm not laughing also- at that. I'm 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 very proud that we're doing that and very excited. But I'm laughing because you plugged Avatar before our radio station <laughs> and record label. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh. <laughs> Nikki and I also have another podcast. It's called um, "And Also with You." Uh, it's a really limited podcast Extremely about Star Wars. Extremely limited event. Uh, we do one episode a year on May fourth. That's coming up. It's going to be quicker than you think that w- that's happening. So um, subscribe now or forever or- hold your peace. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, God, that and- should be the outro. That should be part of the outro of that show. Fuck yeah, that's Shit. really good. Okay. Um, write that down. Uh, okay. Thank. Yeah. Thanks to Zach for coming on the first half of the episode. Yeah, thank and... you, Zach Emerson. Uh, check out every single album that's ever been put out on Doom Trip Records. They're all incredible. Doom Trip rocks, straight up. Like, <laughs> I'm not even joking. They're all incredible, and the mixes are always stellar. Hell yeah. Um, so, next episode, we will be talking about the Royal Scam, plus and... some other stuff. Yeah, odds and ends. Um, yeah. If you have any questions for us, if you have anything that you'd like us to check out, if you're you know a more experienced Dan fan and you're like screaming at your pod your podcatcher, oh, you're yeah. screaming in your car alone, being like, How "I don't cover this. You. I hope you die." Um, you can just at us, you know, at PUSG Pod on Twitter. Yep. Um, and let us know, and we can cover it in the next episode because, you know, we're we're we, only doing we're open one- to feedback. Yeah, we're only doing one episode uh, next week. Sorry, one album next week because it is uh, we're kind of saving up for Asia and Gaucho. They got to be in one episode, and it's going to be, be a yeah. doozy. You think these two-hour-long episodes that we keep saying we're not going to record, and then we keep we end up doing so? Think these are long? Oh boy! Yeah, Asia and we, Gaucho are going to be huge. We might end up doing four, six, ten hours on that. Uh, <laughs> the first twenty-four hour long episode. No, that's not true. There's probably a podcast that's done that that's before. Probably one. It's like we're a not going to do it next podcast. Week. Anyway. anyway yes let's let's end it there thank you so much for listening and we'll uh we'll steal you when you dan well we'll do the happy dan sember we'll steal when you when 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 you gaucho yeah bye-bye bye that works